You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block Ripping up fantasy stock Working around the clock Look at the view from the top Researching rookies a lot No, I just be listening to pods Yeah, one in particular I'm just a messenger Let me just pass on the rock Browning, brunning, bruning Pronouncing ain't what he's doing What he's doing is not losing But infusing you with new things And there's Dennis the Bennett Yeah the man is a menace, yeah. Building a dynasty, some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Mm. Slice a fox, culture didn't pop. Give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box. And you cannot compare them at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire. I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Yeah. Fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Woo. Fantasy round What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast, part of the Pigskin Podcast Network. You can find them at PigskinPodNet on Twitter, or you can search the hashtag TPPN. It is Wednesday, October 5th. Matt is here with me. We're going to recap... um, I don't think it was a good game. Um, I actually turned it off. Uh, The Rams 49ers game. uh, We will talk a little bit about some news here today with some players coming back, some players retiring. And then obviously we will preview the Thursday night game where, you know, I'm just, I'm extremely thankful, Matt, that I get to watch incredible running backs like Jonathan Taylor and Javante Williams this week, right? Like it's going to be a great game. Yeah. (laughs) Let me tell you, nothing was, uh, nothing was better than, watching uh, that shit show of a Broncos performance while sitting in the Colorado Springs airport only oh, to yeah. land in Las Vegas and have a six hour layover waiting to fly to a California city with predominantly Raiders fans all out in their gear, <laughs> just sitting there, you know, listening to them talk about the game and the glory of the game. And as somebody back here pointed out today, you know, the even better part is we gave Josh McDaniels his first win as a head coach, which, you know, is something that really heartens all Broncos fans. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure you guys were super excited to lose that game. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, it sucks obviously with Javante and, uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk about, actually, let's just talk about that. Now you were not here uh, yeah. with Dennis and I on Monday to talk about that. I mean, just kind of like, what were your takeaways from that? Obviously, you know, 
felt like the offense was going to run through him this year and then suffers this unfortunate injury, which, and the worst part about it too is right. It's not even just the ACL it's multiple ligaments in his knee. Yeah. I mean, in the immediate aftermath, there was a lot of optimism that he like might have a sprain or a tweak. And, and, but then they were also at the same time talking about him being on crutches with an air cast and not being able to put any weight on it. I was actually, I didn't see the play live when it happened because that was, um, basically I was at the Colorado Springs airport. I got to watch the entire first half on my computer waiting to board. And then we thought we were going to be boarding. So at halftime kind of closed everything up. And then they told us there was a mechanical issue with the plane. So I went and found a new place and set my computer back up, but I missed the beginning part of the third quarter. And they're like, Javante Williams is out with injury. And I'm like, oh, darn it. So then I'm on my phone, like trying to find the play. It didn't, it didn't look great. Um, I was holding out a little bit of hope. And then um, I was at a family funeral on Monday and like about five minutes before the service is when I saw Adam Schefter's tweet. I was like, it was already a sad day. So uh, it, you know, they have Melvin Gordon, but Mel- Melvin Gordon <laughs> I don't know if you saw that. I've, you did see it because I clipped it from Schefter. Gordon has had oh, three yeah. fumbles returned for touchdowns in the last 12 games. He's had five fumbles in the last five games. I know a lot of people talk about his career fumble rate not being high, but there's what you do in your career, and then there's the reality of now and the reality of like the last half of last season and then all of this season has been somebody that doesn't look the same. I mean, if you were watching that that game after Javante got injured, Mike Boone was our running back. I mean, Gordon had Gordon had negative points in every scoring format because he didn't get enough touches to go up. And I know I didn't watch all of his press conference that he was emotional. I hope Denver can rally. There was a lot of fan fervor here that they should sign Philip Lindsay off the Colts practice squad and bring him back. The guy who has never fumbled in his career and is a real fan favorite. They went and got Latavius Murray instead. I don't know how I feel about that. Um, it's a real bummer, though, because Javante had looked really good running the ball. Yeah. Um, he was very powerful. You know, he and Melvin had very similar touches, but when you looked at the production, it was like a lot more production. I was ready for him to take a step forward this year. I think he joins a long line of guys that you get really excited for them to have that breakout and then an injury comes up. I mean, think how Trey Lance fans feel for the 49ers. You think the guy's on the cusp of having a big year and, and, and breaks his ankle. Your heart goes out to him. I hope he comes back healthy next year. I still love the player, yeah. love the potential fit, but I think that puts even more pressure on a passing game that has not looked incredible at times and an offensive line that has not looked incredible. Cole Beasley and Blake Bortles have retired from the NFL today. Um, not that either one of those have, I mean, Beasley's, I guess, been fantasy relevant up to of about two years ago. Uh, but Even last year, he, he put up decent numbers. Did he? I felt I thought he felt like, I felt like he kind of dropped off last year, but maybe I'm wrong because that was with the he missed time last year, I think, because of the COVID, and then everybody was making fun of him because he refused to get the vaccine, and then he missed time. Uh, but I mean, Bortles, I'll still remember that season that um, 
I believe it was the year that, that they went to the playoffs and they almost went to the Super Bowl. Like Bortles was like a top five quarterback. He was uh, he was a guy that I actually wrote to a championship that year. Yeah, and then you know he's bounced around. I didn't realize he wasn't actually officially retired, but it might be. Yeah. I mean, he said it was a quiet retirement, real quiet. Uh, Beasley last year with the Bills played 16 games, um, saw 112 targets, 82 catches, 693 yards on touchdown. Okay. His yards were down. His touchdowns were down. His yards per reception were down, but. He had the same number of receptions on a few more targets in one more game than he had the year prior. I just think they were ready to move on. I was mildly surprised about him retiring right now because he had just got latched, you know, he had trouble latching on during the offseason, but then he had just latched on with Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay and was actually in some guy. Dennis and I had done that Friday preview. You weren't there. And I said, there's no chance they're activating him off the practice squad after two days. And they activated him and played him and he was seeing targets, but maybe it's just with all their receivers getting healthy. He didn't want to be on a practice squad, which I get, you know, if you've played at a certain level, maybe he was just ready to be done. So good for him. Um, you know, he was always a player I enjoyed when he was on the Dallas Cowboys. I thought he yeah. had some some potential and was kind of underutilized whenever they talk about the Cowboys have no receivers. And I think, you know, they have receivers if they'd ever actually use, give them the ball because Beasley was on that team. Gallup was on that team. I feel like there's somebody else who's done well. And then I thought he Amari was great. Cooper. No, that was before they got – they traded for Cooper because they oh, kept talking right. about them right. having no receivers. But I thought Beasley did great when he went to Buffalo. He really helped uh, young Josh Allen kind of get confidence and really helped establish that offense before they got Stephon Diggs, before they got everything kind of rolling the way that they have it rolling now. He was one of their you know principal targets. So a decent career. I don't think Hall of Fame. I don't know how you feel. No, no, he, he's nowhere near that. Uh, Nick, I'm not sure if you're asking a question or if you're boasting uh, about your team. That is a, a very solid team here. But he posted uh, Lamar, Christian McCaffrey, Leonard Fournette, Jamar Chase, CeeDee Lamb, Chris Godwin, Travis Kelsey, Jerry Judy, Rashad White, Romeo Dubs, Jacoby Myers, Raheem Mostert, and he's got Jamison Williams. Um, is oh, is this a chip winning team? Okay, I thought you said this is a chip winning team. That's what I get for being dyslexic. Ten man PPR. I am a I am four and zero right now. So I'd say running back would be a concern for me. Yeah, just in, in teams, you probably got a lot of teams with a lot of depth. My biggest fear with like I I think Lamar. Um, I'm sorry, CMC and Lenny will be fine for you. But if one of those guys gets injured, I do not think you can rely on Rashad White or Raheem Mostert. I, I actually have uh, Mostert in a couple places, and I don't I don't feel great starting him every you, week. But I don't I don't know that. Uh, who do you think that third player, Jamar? Jamar Chase. Oh. Yeah, that that's what it's, I assume. Oh, uh, 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 that would, okay. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. So I mean, well, and poor Jamar. You know, Jamar Chase on paper, Chase, yeah, he, they, CD Lamb, and Godwin. You well. killed the draft, but unfortunately, sometimes their quarterbacks tend to not remember that they play on their team. 
Yeah, I mean, if, if the one thing I will say is if Jamar starts to pick up, I mean, he him he's definitely had a rough start to the season. Uh, there, a lot of teams seem to be bracketing him, as in like playing a corner on him and then putting the safety over the top, which is kind of hurting his fantasy production for us. I know I have him in a lot of places too. Uh, if he starts to pick it up, you might be fine with CMC and Lenny because the wide receiver core that you have, and then add Kelsey on top of that is going to outscore most people anyways. He, tra- I traded for Jamar and Lenny. Yeah, I mean, I said your biggest thing will have to be is if Jamar can can really – he doesn't have to do exactly what he did last season, but he's got to be a little bit better than what he's been, I think. And if he does that, I, I mean, I think you've got a, as good a shot as any. If you could add another running back, I would. I just I don't know what you trade. Um, you know, maybe Judy and somebody – if you could, I just I don't know who you trade to try and get a running back. I, I don't even know what. Yeah, so he only so Rashad White and Mostert. Yeah, so would not leave good. me feeling incredibly comfortable on my bench. I love the potential of CMC, but until they make a move on their head coach, that offense is terrible. I, I as somebody who's rostering CMC in a couple of places, yeah. I was all back in on him having a big season and it's not his health. It's, it's the scheme. It's the system. It's the complete dysfunction of Carolina. It's a real bummer. Yeah. I mean, at least he's getting the PPR points. Hopefully. I mean, he said that's a PPR. Yeah. So that, that help that helps <clears throat> that he's at least getting nine catches. Uh, speaking of running backs who get catches, it has been confirmed that Alvin Kamara will play this week. Finally. I'm sure. There's a few teams out there. Me specifically has a team that's 0-4 because I really could have used him and Keenan Allen. You know, Keenan Allen, if you're listening to this, you want to come back, I'd appreciate you. The question isn't whether he's going to play. It's whether they actually remember he's playing and involve him in any way in the offense. I mean, I think they will. The Saints haven't been great. I think they'll have to do something. I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited to get him back out there. Let's see, as you just mentioned, if they use him at all because – the Saints haven't looked great, and I can promise you the fancy teams I have Alvin Kamara on, they have not looked great either. Tua also has been ruled out. Um, I guess let's talk about that for a minute, because Dennis and I didn't touch this subject on Monday. Um, no, because they didn't play over Sunday. And I don't think – I think they announced he was ruled out yesterday. Oh, I meant because of the oh. fact that, you know, I was I, I was told there's no way that somebody would make a mistake – on that Friday show when I kind of went off on the whole Tua thing and then they fired the doctor, which I'm going to be 100% honest. I'm going full conspiracy theory here. That's a fuck. They just found someone to scapegoat. I don't think maybe he did mess up. I feel like that was a scapegoat thing, but just kind of your thoughts on that. I'm sure they're going to have to issue some kind of report because in their line item, they said he made multiple mistakes. You're going to have to do probably a little bit better than that. And they have made a change to the concussion protocol from what I understood, which also is an indication. And that was that's really – you'd have to say that's a credit to the players' union because the players' union is the one that pushed for further investigation, opened an investigation, and pushed to get this out there. Tua being ruled out is the least surprising thing in the world. Had they yeah. attempted to – had he said he wanted to play and they had attempted to play him, there would have been outrage. In fact, you're almost seeing a little bit of that coming toward the Patriots right now where they're talking about Mac Jones is agitating the play. I remember those pictures where he looked like somebody had sawn, sawed his leg off. So yeah, they should not be in. What is going on? Oh, there we go. I was not scrolling deep. Enough. I was trying to look at this Cole Beasley thing. It's been bothering me. Um, 
Yeah, it's just extremely disappointing. It goes to kind of what I talked about a couple Friday, or it was last Friday, wasn't it? It was last yeah. Friday. Just, you know, I, I, there was just no way. It made no sense that he went back into that game. And then, you know, there are already doctors coming out and saying that he should retire because of, of what happened to him. You know, obviously, we wish him the best and hope for a, you know, 100% recovery. Nick is asking, when do we think two will be back? Someone in his league dropped him this morning. He was going to pick him up, hoping someone in my league will need him so I can trade him away. I honestly don't know. Like, that's the worst thing with a concussion like this. I would I would think technically he could be back by next week, but it, with – the way things have progressed for him over the next week, I feel like they're not going to, especially, like I said, there's neurologists who have come out and stated Tua should retire because of what happened to him. Like, that's not a good sign. I don't think he's going to. Um, obviously, if he needs to, he should. I, he, didn't, shouldn't, he should not be playing football just because he wants to. But I, I don't know. There's really no concussions are such a gray area and I will fully admit I am not at all a doctor, uh, but I know there's like no set timetable or recovery from something like this. So I don't know, like I've had one and like, it took me like two weeks to get over it. Like there was times I thought I was good. And then just like sensitivity to light, anything kind of brought back all my issues, my pain couldn't focus. So I, I don't know, Nick, like if you've got the room and you want to pick him up, I've got no issue with that. But like, we could realistically be saying we could be sitting here next Thursday talking about him playing Sunday. And then it could be three weeks from now. We're talking about him finally being back. There's really no timetable. Yeah. I, I tend to think it's probably going to be at least a few weeks. Also, if you're talking about that same 10 man league, I wouldn't be trying to stash Tua hoping for trade bait because it's hard to imagine that they people won't have other options at quarterback. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he really well. He had two pretty good games, but yeah, I think with with it being a ten man league, unless you're starting, unless it's super flex, I, I don't know how many people are are rushing to the league to to the waiver wire to pick up a quarterback. Yeah, and I would gather it's not super flex based on his roster because he only lists oh, one, yeah, he lists one more. Yeah. quarterback. And so when you're talking about one QB leagues, uh, especially redraft, quarterbacks do not have a lot of trade cachet. Yeah. All right, so let's talk a little bit about that Monday night football game, which was honestly just not good. I can't find who Des Bryant. That's who it was. I was trying to figure out who the Cowboys receiver was that was good before Amari Cooper. Des Bryant. Oh, that's got to be who you were talking about. Well, yeah. it was after Des Bryant um, was gone. They had that. They had a couple of seasons where it was like Cole Beasley and Michael Gallup, and there was somebody else. So I'm looking. We're just gonna dive better all in after I don't even they, care. Cole Beasley, Jay, uh, Jason. It was Witten, like Dak's Des first season because that was Dak's first season. Okay, so then because that was Alfred Morris Zeke, so then his last season with the Cowboys, it was Gallup. It was just him, Gallup, and Alan Hearns. No, it's it's Alan Hearns who did who did Uh, okay. Yeah, he got that's he's the one who that was a year he tore up his leg, didn't he? Like really bad on the the kick. Well, and Dez wasn't. He signed that long-term contract at the same time as Demarius when they got the franchise tag. Yeah. Des had what some seemed like a kind of sharp fall off. Yeah, unfortunately. 
Football fans, the first Sunday of the NFL season is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate the return of the NFL season. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. And, as an added bonus for Week 1, everybody can experience the thrill of DraftKings with early win promotion. It's simple. Bet on an NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if the team ends up losing. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TPPN, that is TPPN, and get $200 in free bets instantly. When you place a $5 bet this Sunday, that is code TPPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the descriptions for the episode for details. Anyways, speaking of sharp fall-offs, what the hell is going on with Matt Stafford? My goodness, they lose to the 49ers on Monday night. 9-2-24. Is this offense it's, broken? It seems like 2022 is going to be the year of us calling them wet fart games because it that really was is. kind of Monday, and I hate to tell you, but brace yourself. Thursday's shaping up <laughs> to kick off the week. The Rams, I honestly, it's it's the line. Um, and I don't think I even realized till they put that graphic up on Monday Night Football that they have three new players in the interior of the offensive line than what they started the season with. We always knew it was going to be hard without Andrew Whitworth, but Matthew Stafford got sacked seven times. That's a big part of the problem. You know, he's not a big fleet of foot passer anymore. He's 34 years old. He's been in the league 14 years. They had 18 rushing plays and only got 57 yards. 7 for 27 for Henderson, 8 for 13 for Akers. They couldn't run to save their lives, which 49ers are a tough team. But then I also think there's something going on with the scheme. We were all excited about the potential of Allen Robinson going there, and they have you know, this is four weeks now, I'm not really figuring out what to do with him. Ben Skoranek had more yards and probably is now higher than him in fantasy because they were like 1.1 points apart going into last week, a stat that I noted. They they were even talking about on the telecast that they've got to find a way to have offense outside of Cooper Cup because right now what you're seeing too is everything has to be super short. Cooper Cup caught 14 balls, but he averaged 8.7 yards per reception, they're just kind of grinding and dinging and dunking, which means everything has to be a 10 to 15 play drive to get down there to score. Like at one point in time, Stafford was seven of seven, but for 52 yards and all they had was a field goal because they can't run. They can't do anything. So Sean McVay probably needs to go back to the drawing board and spice up the scheme. We've talked a lot about what the chiefs did this year, you know, last year, They had that, you know, for several years they had had basically the Tyreek and Kelsey and Mahomes slinging it all over the yard. And last year at the beginning of the year, they started to really struggle because teams completely adjusted the defensive scheme and were like, we're no longer going to let you do that. Beat us running the ball. Oh, you can't beat us going to all your other receivers. Oh, you can't. And I think that was part of why they didn't feel as much heartburn about trading Tyreek this offseason. They rebuilt that offense, and now they look completely unstoppable again because you have no idea who's going to do what and where. And they also invested in fixing the line. They went and got a left tackle. They went and got Joe Tooney. The Rams, you know, last year – 
looked good and had a formula that worked for them, but now defenses have adjusted to kind of, you know, okay, if you're going to throw it to Cooper Cup 95 times, we're at least going to make you have to work for it, which they're doing. He had 19 targets, caught 14, but for only 122 yards, no touchdowns. They're like, we dare you to run the ball. We dare you to throw it to somebody else. And so far they can't. They can't do it. And I don't know that man Jefferson coming back healthy is like the big answer. I don't even know at this point that if OBJ came back, that would be a big answer for them. That line's not working. Something about the scheme's not working. You know, maybe it is probably now after four weeks fair to wonder, are they having to throw short because they're under so much pressure or is it in part because Stafford's arm? You know, he had some arm questions coming in. They wanted to brush off. But the Rams do not look like the same kind of dominating offense. Yeah, I mean, Sean McVay actually came out just right before we started recording and said that uh, the issues with Allen Robinson are not his fault. It it is his in the offenses. And I believe some of that, like, it's the offensive line has been bad. I was talking with some people the other day, and – Matt Stafford is being forced to throw the ball faster than almost anybody in the NFL. It's him and Tom Brady, actually, which makes sense because what's the big issue with both of them? It's offensive Offensive line. line. So I I agree. Which is killing both their running games, too. Like, that, you know, you saw big play Lenny get held to negative yardage as a rusher. Yeah, so I I, it's – I don't want to say that it's broken, but it's definitely not going to be what it was last year. I think the even more concerning part is – like the Rams have nothing set up for the future either. So we could be realistically looking at a very bad team going forward for a very long time. Now they're not super like they're still winning games, but this is not going to, at least in my opinion, not a winning formula what they have right now. And I think it's got to a point like Cooper cups, the only player you, you like, you can't even start Matt Stafford in your fantasy leagues. He scored less points than Baker Mayfield. Like it's not something that is not a statement I thought in, I was going to be talking about right now. In five one sixteen-team league, my quarterbacks were Dak and Stafford, so I was feeling oh, good. Geez. But after Dak went out, I picked up Rush, and I've had him on the bench. But I'm actually I was looking at this week, and I'm because the Rams and the Cowboys are playing, yeah. and you know who has a fierce as f pass rush is Dallas. Cowboys. Yeah. So I was like, maybe I am playing Cooper Rush. I would be. I mean, look. It's not that Stafford's not a bad NFL player, but it's just that offensive line. Like you mentioned, he's not fleet of foot. He, he he never was really to begin with. And then you add in the multiple back injuries and everything else. Like it's, it's weird to say this, but I feel like this Rams offense where last year, I mean, you were starting Cooper cup. You were starting Henderson when he was playing Matt Stafford was really good. I mean, it's just, it's been bad. I think Cooper cups, literally the only Ram, maybe Higby. I mean, he still got a fair amount of targets last I night. I feel but... like Hig- Higby's up and down, but that was telling. I Out of nowhere, 14 targets. Yeah. But there again, 10 catches, 73 yards. Oh, that's a good day. Everything's – <sighs> yeah, everything's short, though. Yeah. You know, they, they completed 32 passes, but for only 254 yards. You're averaging less than eight yards per pass completion, and – just over three yards per rush. The explosion's missing. Yeah. No, I mean, just, well, like Higby, I mean, that's, if it's full point PBR, 17 points without a touchdown, I'll take that. But the next week. week he's going to get like one reception for three yards. No, yeah, of course. Yeah, you just got to, you know, play him every other week moving forward. Don't play him this week, then play him the week after and just kind of stick with that regimen. 
On the 49ers side here, I mean, Jimmy G, he, he was not bad. Should we be taking the 49ers more seriously as contenders? I think so. That defense is incredible. Um, they went out and picked up some pieces in the secondary <clears throat> that I think have made it more formidable. Jeff Wilson's looked good um, in Elijah Mitchell's stead. They did all this last night, um, you know, with with Mitchell running for or with Wilson for running for over four yards of carry, and pretty handily dispatching of the Rams without Trent Williams, who is their big, you know, left tackle. Jimmy looked uh, looked better. He's he is kind of what he is, but what he is is a guy that has taken essentially a team with the same talent level and formula to a Super Bowl and an NFC championship. All four teams in the NFC West are two and two. You could not be more wide open through about a quarter of the way through the season. The Rams certainly don't look dominant. The Cardinals certainly don't look dominant. I'm not going to put money on Geno Smith. So the hey, entire hey, hey. top three quarterback <laughs> fantasy right now, number one quarterback last I mean, week. He's been fine. He's been better than Whoa, expected. I gave him fine. props, but he's got I'm a not, 79% completion percentage. That is the highest any quarterback in NFL history has had through four weeks in the season. Well, I mean, better than five. let me change this. I'm not going to put money on this stage, Pete Carroll making the NFC championship game, but the NFC. I think you would say is probably the most wide open it's ever been. Aaron Rodgers yeah. had to go to the end of overtime to beat Bailey fucking Zappi. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers look like some serious problems. I like the Eagles, and the Eagles have played well, but it's shocking that perhaps the best division right now is the NFC East. Yeah. I mean. So they have 4-0 and 2-3-1 and one teams. Just looking at that really quick, like I think the 49ers, it's 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 funny because we've talked about this before. Like Jimmy G was not a bad player. He took them to the NFC Championship, was a play away from going to the Super Bowl last year, right? Like he was there last year, was in the Super Bowl a couple years ago, was one throw away from winning the Super Bowl against the Chiefs. Like, if he just shortens that throw, like, three yards. I don't remember who the wide receiver was that went deep. Emmanuel Sanders. Emmanuel Sanders. If he hits Emmanuel Sanders, because Emmanuel Sanders was open, the 49ers win the Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, he's not a bad quarterback. And it's why, you know, I'll give up props, because he's the one who's always said this, and I kind of agree with him at this point. Like, Ray Garvin has always said he truly believes that the, the 49ers wanted Mac Jones. And that because of public pressure, or maybe it was John Lynch that wanted, or maybe it was ownership that really wanted Trey Lance, and that's why they pivoted, because Mac Jones fits the mold of every successful quarterback that Kyle Shanahan has had in his system. I don't think, I think Jimmy G is a a good quarterback. He's not great, but he's a, there's only 32 starting jobs in the NFL. Jimmy G definitely deserves to have one. Like, he is a good quarterback. He can help you win. Is he a elite raising raising ship kind of quarterback like a Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers for the most part? I mean, he's not looked great this year, but like a, a Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert. You know, is he one of those guys? No, but he's probably in that second tier, maybe third. So, like, I, I think that he's he definitely could take them there because, as you mentioned. They're sitting atop the NFC West right now. So I'm just going to go over some of the other winning teams and tell me who you think is better 
than them. Because for me, it's one team, and it's the Philadelphia Eagles. And even that defense, I think, could give Jalen Hurts some issues. But outside of them, you got you got Dallas. Like, we don't even know when Dak's coming back. He's going to be back this year. And if he comes back and plays healthy, I think Dallas could challenge the 49ers. They've looked much better than I expected them to. But right now on a neutral field bat, would you take the 49ers or the Cowboys? Assuming Dak comes back and healthy. We, we'll, we'll put Dak out there. You know my position. Okay, 49ers it is. What about the Giants? We're 3-1. I know you take the Cowboys. No, I take the 49ers. Okay. I, the Giants, they're a happy story, but... So then, realistically, it's Tampa Bay at two and two. We're not Atlanta. I know is two and two. We're not, and Atlanta is not competing for anything. I'm Atlanta taking, doesn't know Atlanta's not competing for anything. They're well, going to play them. They're, they're going to do that classic well, play themselves but, out of the top ten. Let's, let's let's go back to that for a second. They should be one and three, but the Browns continually find new ways to lose in the fourth quarter. That's the only reason. Another division where everybody's two and two. Remember when I said at the beginning of the season parity was going to be. Yeah, that's why I was not taking all these teams to have like 13 and 14 wins because I thought it was going to be harder than ever for team and also harder than ever for teams to fall below five or six wins. Yeah. That's why I'm I bet you we end up with a top five draft pick team that has six wins. I would not be surprised. So then the last two are both three and one and it's the Vikings and the Packers. And I wouldn't take nope. either one of them. And I. I had the Packers going and winning the Super Bowl this year. I, I the can't Packers cannot play against the 49ers yeah. for reason, for whatever reason throughout Aaron Rodgers' career, playoffs, regular season, it, they're like snake bit. Yeah, he's beaten them once, I think, in the past couple yeah. of years, and it was last year. And that was with Joey Bosa out and some other injuries. So, yeah, I'm, I think they are right now. I think you've got to consider them probably right behind the Eagles as the favorites in the NFC. Speaking of favorites, both of these teams, I feel like we talked about, I think all three of us had them making the playoffs. <sighs> Things are not looking great for either one, but I guess the one that you can keep your head held high on is it definitely looks better for the Broncos, even with the injury, than it does the Colts right now. But the Colts and the Broncos play tomorrow night. We've got um, a litany of injuries here. So Jonathan Taylor has been ruled out, as has Shaq Leonard. Do we know when he's coming back? He, you know what? I'm. They're at the point where they have to be wondering why they didn't put him on pup. Because yeah, he's I mean, missed. This will mean he's missed all five of the games, and their defense is not the same. It's been bad. Yeah. Hopefully, when he comes back, he can change things. I think it may be too little, too late. Unfortunately for the Colts. Um, no, Jonathan Taylor. I mean, what are we expecting from this Colts offense here against a, a good Denver defense? Yeah, and so the question for me is going to be what Denver actually does defensively. I was a little mystified in this last game that they did not have Sertan travel on top of Devontae Adams because you notice Adams had a pretty decent game, and everybody said, well, Sertan got burned. Those A lot of those plays weren't against Sertan or they were real short when Denver was in a zone. So that could be an opportunity, but if Sertan's locked up shadowing Pittman or they put him on Sertan's side, I think that's going to be even tougher for the Colts. I don't really see a power running game with Neheim Hines. Uh, and I'm not sure, you know, they'll probably call up one of their running backs off the practice squad. You know, maybe once he gets into the game in Denver, that would be kind of funny. Um, but they haven't been able to run very well. This is another team where the offensive line seems to have noticeably degraded. 
and they have kind of an older, more statuesque quarterback. It's helpful for them that Randy Gregory went on IR, so that removes one potential pass rusher from Denver's defense. Um, Justin Simmons still out. Denver's defense was very confusing. They were incredible for most of the early part of the season. They were really incredible in that Sunday night football game. Last week against the Raiders, the Raiders' two best players, Adams and Jacobs, both went off. I don't know that they're going to get a big power running game, but I don't know. You know, they've played, Denver has played remarkably better at home than they have on the road, and this one is at home. Any, I mean, you've probably got to start Naheem Hines here with the fact that Taylor's going to be out. At least Um, as a flex. Yeah. Any thoughts about starting like a Deion Jackson and hope that he gets carries, maybe falls into an end zone? If if you're the Taylor, if you roster Taylor knowing he's out now. Because chances are, you may. I'll be honest. I am in a league where, like, I have to start Deion Jackson because my starting running backs are Jonathan Taylor and DeAndre Swift, and it's not looking great for me at the moment. For me, it's just going to be Hines and Pittman because it is still a decent defense. And the other problem is, you know, we've talked about it for a couple of years. It's hard to gauge what Frank Reich's going to choose to do on a player rotation. That's why, even if if Pittman is covered up. You know, is it a tight end? And if it is a tight end, which tight end is it? The week before, it looked like Jelani Woods was going to be a thing. Last week, they kind of seemed to pepper Mo Ali Cox, Alec Kyle Pierce, Grant, Kyle, Kylan yeah. Granson, Alec Pierce is potentially out there. They still they have Ashton Doolin, who I know is Dennis's personal favorite. I I'm not playing anyone, and I'm not playing Matt Ryan. Um, that's been probably the bigger bummer for me because I thought he'd be at least a steady floor QB two that you could throw in. And I have him in a few super flex leagues in that position. And it's just not, it's not worth the gamble. Yeah. I I'm right there with you. I thought Matt Ryan was going to be good. I mean, I I picked them to have like a 10 win season this year. I I mean, he was better throwing the ball to Olamide Zacchaeus and Russell Gage last year than he's been in this Colts offense with arguably a worse offensive line too. It's just weird. And I think a lot of it goes to, and I, and We've heard, at least, I don't know, you may not have, I don't know. There's been a lot of talk that not only is Frank Reich, but our, Ballard, Chris Ballard. Chris Ballard. He should be on the hot seat. Are all on the hot seat. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, Matt Ryan might be, you know, maybe Indianapolis is becoming the place where you go to retire. Maybe. Yeah, I mean. You know what's going to happen is you just said that all about Frank Reich. Why Deion Jackson's going to go out there tomorrow and get like twenty carries because he Frank Reich doesn't realize Jonathan Taylor's not in the game because he doesn't realize when he's on his team. Probably yeah. he's like, oh, Jonathan Taylor's out there. Give it, give it to that guy. Yeah, it's well. I mean, that's my only reservation with Hines is we we. It's not that he doesn't have skills. He's not the guy that's going to get 25 carries in a game. So you know somebody else is going to be involved. The upside for Hines is probably being getting some of those outlet passes. On the Broncos side here, uh, we know obviously that Javante Williams will be out, as is Randy Gregory. Russell Wilson and Melvin Gordon are both listed as questionable, but I imagine they are going to play. With Javante Williams out now for the season, what should we expect from the Broncos offense? Yeah, so Russell Wilson dinged up his throwing shoulder, um, which isn't great because I'm not thinking we were having the most robust passing offense. I will say, though, the last game, 
despite a losing effort, was a little more encouraging the way they got Cortland Sutton going, the way they got Jerry Judy going. They landed a deep pass to Hamler, um, which is something kind of been waiting to see. I'm not touching a tight end from either of these teams, not even if you paid me. Um, I had high hopes for Alberto coming into the season, but he's in the missing man formation right now. Eric Saubert seems like a better Broncos tight end option. So uh, in the backfield, you know, they signed Latavius Murray. There's a lot of talk that he's not going to play at all, which would make sense to me. He's coming off of London. It's at altitude on a short week, and that is kind of a big adjustment. They used Mike Boone a lot last week, especially after Melvin's fumble faux pas. I think Boone's going to get a fair amount of run. He's actually a pretty decent receiver. I was impressed by some of the work that he did in the preseason. He was one of the few Broncos running, um, you know, offensive contributors that played in the preseason. The big thing that was giving Denver a lift last week was some incredible return work from Montreal, Washington. He had some excellent punt and kickoff returns that put them in great space. If they can manage to get that again, that could get some things going. I think Melvin, too, is going to be motivated in this game. I think he feels a great deal of embarrassment about last week. And props to him. He's taken full ownership of that. Um, you know, you know, he's never been my favorite Broncos player, but I respect that he wants to step up and, and do something for his team. I'm hoping that they can continue to get that going. The offense did look better last week. Having the new coaching assistant in there helping Hackett manage the game did make the game flow look better. They have steadily reduced their penalties going going through the four weeks. These are not things I hoped that I would have to be considering, but I'm hoping at home, you know, on a short week that they're going to be a little motivated. Yeah. Just throwing my microphone at myself. Yeah. Uh, I, um, Russell Wilson, Cortland Sutton, and you, I think you've got to start Jerry Judy and then Melvin Gordon would be the guys here. And then you're just hoping for a decent game, which it does seem like typically the home teams in these Thursday games have a little bit of a, better game and better rapport because they're at home. No, you know, less travel time for them on these short weeks. So hoping for a good game from the front. This game is probably going to be in the teens though. Let's, let's be honest. You know, if Melvin Gordon, all I'm asking, I don't feel like I'm asking for much here. So if you guys are listening, Bronco nation, Russell Wilson, get me a rushing touchdown. Do decent through the air. I don't need much. Give me like 200 yards. I don't even, You can give me one passing touchdown. Just don't give me an interception. No sacks. And then Melvin Gordon. I need you to come through for me, buddy, because I have you rostered in a lot of places. I need you. Don't fail me now. Who knew I, Fantasy Week 5 was going to be relying on Melvin Gordon and Nikheim Hines to get us it is, through? It is. Oh I God. feel like. Are we in Week 15 or are we in Week 5? Come on, people. I feel like we say this every year, but like this is, I feel like this has just been an extremely weird year for fantasy. Like the injuries, the top guys. I mean, we, who was it that I was looking at the other day? Is like, oh, I'm just like randomly calling people. Um, I don't even remember. I was looking at a position and like some of the players that were like Geno Smith sitting as a top three quarterback right now is not something I ever like. Are, is it, is it 2012 and nobody told me? Like, what the hell? I don't know. If, Gino's actually been in the league for 10 years, but it just, it feels like it's been a very, very they, weird year for fantasy. He probably has. They said the last time he was uh, offensive player of the week was in 2013. So 
keep having was... people call me. Now I'm clicking on random things and calling people. Anyways. It is 2013. Well, there we go. No one knows how to work a smart. What is the smartphone device? Uh, Yeah, I don't know. My phone is going crazy. Siri's asking me all kinds of questions. It's not fun. Dennis picked the Broncos. I am definitely picking the Broncos. Yeah, as am I. I think. I think they're just they're the better team. Okay. Well, congratulations, Tony. Your Colts are going to win tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, probably. It's not worked out good for us. No, it is not. All right, so that will, though, do it for us today. We'll be back on Friday to recap this game and then preview the rest of the NFL Week 5 slate. Everybody have a great day. We'll talk to you guys again on Friday. And since Dennis is not here, Matt, what do they need to do? You should find your favorite podcast app and rate and review and subscribe while you're at it. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Who can make a play? I can! Who can make a play?